You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Alright, let's get to it. Please, for the love of God, excuse this shitty audio of mine. I've been having technical difficulties trying to get this recorded. I'm using my old uh, my old Logic headset with a little shitty microphone. So, I'm going to have to get all this fixed. My microphone, my good one, decided not to be helpful today. But, but enough of that bullshit. Today, we are going to be going over uh, the big old WWE Championship story. Going into leading into WrestleMania. Uh, Edge versus Roman Reigns is now confirmed. Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks is now confirmed. And we'll be doing AEW Revolution predictions and going over the go-home show. But I have a very special guest. He was here with me last year doing AEW Revolution predictions. I have with me John Silver's brother, Nate Olmedo. What's up? So now all bald people are just related now. We're all in one extended family of all the bald people. Hang on. You're bald and you have a beard. So, I mean, and to be honest, you got, I mean, no one's ever seen you and John Silver in the same room together. Like, it's, you know. You know what, you know what CJ? I hadn't thought about that. Hey, John, you can come out now. They found us. <laughs> Yeah, come on. All right. Uh, but how's, it, how's it been, man? If, what, a, what a difference a year has made, dude. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, you were saying to me before we started that um, if you could have Goldberg as universal champion over the coronavirus pandemic being over, you'd do it in a heartbeat. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm also I'm also Goldberg, too. I'm John Silver and Goldberg. You've never seen them two in the same room <laughs> together, either. Well, I say you're John Silver's brother because, I mean, I, mean, I don't know if everybody's – you do kind of look alike a little bit. You look like you, you you could pass for brothers, is what I'm saying. Dude, I wish I had the body of John Silver. I'd be doing <laughs> a lot more with my life if I had John Silver's body. But nonetheless, how are you? I'm good, man. Good. Just um, other than this technical bullshit jargon, I've been I'm dealing with. I I got vaccinated uh, myself. My girlfriend got vaccinated, and uh, our arms are pretty sore. I was pretty tired yesterday and this morning. I didn't even go to work because I had a bad not bad headache but a pretty a headache enough just to be like uh, I'm not feeling today but I'm feeling a lot better anyway um, besides all the real world bullshit let's get into what's been going on in the world of professional wrestling so the big news that happened I have to kind of catch up with last week when I missed last week the Elimination Chamber uh, pay-per-view which I say was pretty solid pretty good show um, we got a few things that happened one we are now confirmed to have Edge versus Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship at WrestleMania. Also, The Miz cashed in his Money in the Bank briefcase on Drew McIntyre. Now, a lot of us probably thought, oh Christ, the world is ending. I was probably one of those people. I was one of those people as well. However, the following week, Miz was ha- oh, actually not the following week, but the following night on Raw. Miz was having a celebration that he won the WWE Championship. MVP and Bobby Lashley come out, and they're pretty much saying, "Hey, don't forget our deal." It was Bobby helps attack Drew, and you cash in the title, and then you get you give Bobby the first shot. And Miz was trying to weasel his way out of there, and Bobby looked like an absolute monster beating Braun Strowman. And then the following week. 
uh, Bobby Lashley beat the Miz for the WWE Championship, even though they were like they had the countdown clock and Miz tried getting away. Uh, but in the end, Bobby won the WWE Championship. He is the third overall African American Black WWE Champion, second fully coming after Kofi Kingston. And this is actually pretty fucking cool. Uh, what are your thoughts on this whole thing, Nate? I think it's fantastic. I think, honestly, they're finally, you know, WWE is finally using Bobby Lashley to the potential that he had when he first came into the promotion, like, what, 15, 16 years ago? He came in as this, just this monster. And then they had all that crap with ECW and putting the title on him when everyone wanted RVD and CM Punk. It was just... It, it was a weird time for him. And then he went to TNA, freaking wrecked TNA, became a huge star there. And he finally comes back to WWE, and I'm like, you know what? This is the time. Bobby Lashley looks just as good as he ever has. And then he has that stupid, stupid program with Rusev and Lana. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going through this again. Before this that, awful. though, we had Sami Zayn, and we had Bobby talk about his three wonderful, beautiful sisters and how much he loves them. And the oh weird face he made at the end of that God. interview with Renee Young. Oh, good God. Those are dark times. Those are dark, dark times. But like you said, Bobby Lashley's WWE champion. And what a difference one person has made. And that's MVP. MVP took, at- he took Bobby, Shelton Benjamin, Cedric Alexander, guys who they were doing nothing with. They put them together. And now look at them. Benjamin and Alexander have been the tag champs since, I think, December. Bobby was U.S. champ, and then then going right after the WWE Championship, it's amazing. And Hurt Business has been one of the best things about Raw in this really, really bad time Raw has been uh, going through. Absolutely, 100%. I think the Hurt Business is the best faction in wrestling right now. I don't think that's that's a, quite a stretch to say. It's so funny looking at that picture of MVP sitting in the chair and Shelton and Bobby with the hardware and Cedric Alexander on the side. And I'm thinking to myself, like, they could have done this 10 years ago. They were all in the, in the promotion 10 years ago. With Shelton the ex- is with the exception, he's been. With the exception of Cedric Alexander, but yes. Well, yeah, but, like, think about who they, who they had at that time. They could have put Ezekiel Jackson in there. They could have put... I don't know. I'm at a loss right now, but like you had all these guys 10 years ago and it took you 10 years to figure out, "Oh, these guys are all amazing freaking beasts." These guys have, are all great put, together. I would not have put Ezekiel Jackson, but probably Crime Time or something. Put JTG and Shad in there. That would have been pretty Just cool. Just anything, man. Shelton, Shelton, I've been high on Shelton for a long time. I've e- I've been even higher on Bobby. Bobby Lashley has been a beast. He looks like a monster. He wrestles like a monster and now he's got MVP to talk for him. MVP has always been a great talker. I just I love the direction that they're going in. Um where it will amount to at Mania, we're not sure. I'm sure you're going to get into that of what they're possibly going to do with Lashley with the belt at Mania, but right now I'm very very happy with uh with Lashley with the belt, which is why I was so disappointed at Elimination Chamber. When Lashley comes out and attacks McIntyre, I'm like, yes, yes, Lashley versus McIntyre. And then you hear, oh, awesome. I'm like, oh, my God, don't do it to me. <laughs> All right, Here, here's the thing about The Miz, though. I have to get this out of the way. Now, after Miz won the championship, I remember I, I saw a lot of hate and I saw a lot of love for The Miz. Now, 
I had put put up a poll on uh, this podcast Twitter page at TNAWP, and I asked, "What do you think about the Miz being WWE champion?" I put a the choices are as love it, hate it, and the third choice being it should have happened uh, between 2016 2018. Now, Nate. You want to take a guess as to what got the highest results in this poll? Uh, I'm guessing the third one. No. And I... I, I, (laughs) It's actually love it. 67% of the voters said they love this. 8% said they hate this. And only 25%, myself included, said it should have happened between 2016 and 2018. I don't know, man. It's just the the Miz, I, I like as sort of like you know, that sort of chicken shit heel. He does that very well, but yeah. the, the whole thing, I, I think it comes down to, I really dislike what they did with the Money in the Bank briefcase. That's which is true. They put, it on, they put it on Otis just like as a goof, like, oh, haha, look at Otis, and then just did nothing. And then they gave it to the Miz and did nothing. So they just had, they had to do something, and this was just kind of just like here. So that, that was a disappointment. I don't hate the Miz either, but just like, I really hope this year they do something different with the Money in the Bank and actually take it seriously. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing. The Money in the Bank briefcase has been uh, just wasted for the past three or four years. I mean, you look at some of the winners we've had. You know, Baron Corbin, uh, who didn't do cash in and failed. Braun Strowman, who didn't need it. I mean, I don't remember some of the other guys in that match, but I remember, I remember Finn Balor being in the match, and... I'm like, somebody like him could have used it, and maybe you could have turned him heel with it, like they did with NXT when he came back. But Braun Strowman didn't need it. He was already over as hell. Like, like Strowman cashed in and failed. And they turned him heel, and it was it was a horrible, horrible decision. You know, like you said with Otis. Otis was a big goof. They kind of, I think they kind of forgot he was the Money in the Bank briefcase holder, and then dropped it to Miz. And then with the women's Money in the Bank briefcase, you know, I had Asuka uh, won the Raw Women's... It was really for the Raw Women's Championship, but still. Uh, I mean, the Money in the Bank briefcase, it's a, it's a discussion for, like, you know... What, it should be a launching pad for somebody like the Royal Rumble, you know? But I don't know what's their obsession with just completely fucking off the Money in the Bank briefcase... And I'll say this about Miz. I think the Miz could have been a believable WWE champion in that third option between 2016 and 2018, especially in the lead-up to WrestleMania 35. Now, a lot of people, when Miz and Bryan were feuding, when Bryan came back and was cleared to wrestle again, everybody wanted to see the Miz versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania for the title. Because at this point, a lot of people were like, okay, Miz could be a believable champion, and if Brian could be, like, because it was a story that was being built for, for so long, and they couldn't do anything. There was going to be no payoff because Brian wasn't clear to wrestle. Until, you know, that happened, they feuded. Everyone with SummerSlam, it's like, oh, well, you know, he'll get his win back down the line. And then they do the mixed tag between Maurice and Miz, and Maurice, Miz, and then Bree and Brian, and then, then nothing happened after that. Lo and behold, we got a great run with Daniel Bryan as a, the, a heel WWE champion putting over Kofi Kingston. That was a great match and a great story. But Miz was losing a lot of steam at that point. You put him in a fucking tag team with Shane McMahon of all people. He loses to Shane McMahon twice. Fucking twice. 
and and you just make him look like a complete idiot. I found out a stat that he had not won a singles match. Actually, he's only won three singles matches in 2020. Three. And you want to make him a believable WWE champion. That's my problem with the Miz as WWE champion. Not that he shouldn't have a long run with the belt. Not that he shouldn't be given a chance as a top guy. But it's about catching lightning in a bottle and capturing it and doing it at the right time. And they haven't done that with the Miz. And I think that's a waste of Miz's talent. Now, on the flip side of that, they have done that well with Bobby Lashley. We're going over to see... A lot of people were probably, you know, more or less be getting Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley for the championship, where Drew could win it back in front of fans. The other big one is Lashley versus Lesnar. Now, Nate, if you were booking the WWE Championship for WrestleMania this year, what match would you put? Uh, what, what, yeah, what match would you have for the WWE Championship? In terms of uh, Lashley versus Lesnar versus Lashley versus McIntyre? Uh, you could either one or the big one is and my personal thing I would love to see a triple threat Lashley versus McIntyre versus Lesnar three big beefy boys going at it (laughs) big beefy boys at Besselmania I'd be down for that I mean Brock Lesnar has has shown that he could you know adequately pull that off I have no I have no qualms about putting McIntyre or Lashley in that position. Honest, Lashley hasn't had the spotlight for so long, and I'm just—I'm honestly just excited to see him have a program like this, something he's deserved for so long. And whatever they decide to do, I, I think I'll be okay with. Just for the love of God, leave Goldberg out of this. That's the only <laughs> thing I want. Well, I don't want Goldberg. Well, he beat Drew beat Goldberg, so I mean we're we're okay. And look, he's contractually ob- Goldberg contractually obligated to have two matches per year, and hopefully he doesn't get one at Mania. Um, the thing is, though, apparently there's a small portion of audience uh, on, on the internet that were saying, "Oh, Drew is getting stale. We needed a change." I'm like, I don't think that's necessarily true because I think if we were having crowds. If we had crowds for WrestleMania last year and going on through 2020, I think Drew would be over as hell. And I think he'd be... Because you could see it. Like, you saw the crowd reaction when he Claymore kicked Brock out of the ring of the Rumble. And when the reactions he was getting at these live shows when we were still having them, I think Drew would still be... I think if we were having crowds, people would be so high on Drew. And I don't know if, if they'd be as high on Lashley if it wasn't for this whole COVID thing. Now... Going into WrestleMania, do you? Th- I mean, early prediction, but do you think they'll they might take the title off of Bobby to give it to Drew to in front of fans, or do you think they'll keep it on Bobby? And if they do give it back to Drew, do you think there'll be any backlash towards that? Ooh, that is that is a that's a deep that's a deep question you just threw at me there, CJ. I I think I think first of all, when it when it comes to Drew, I think he has been a good champion. I think he's gotten sort of a raw deal because yes uh, everyone was happy when he when he you know Claymore kicked Lesnar and everyone was happy when he won the belt but everything after that was like like immediately after he won he had that weird run with the big show and then he had a huge couple month run with Randy Orton that was honestly really dry and you know I, I feel like he he deserves the belt he absolutely deserves the belt he can be the face of the company but I feel like it, it all comes down to what 
Vince thinks is is right. And right now he sees, in my opinion at least, that, you know, the Hurt Business is hot. You know, MVP is hot. And I, th- I think he can run with it a little bit. It's unfortunate timing. I'm sure he would have loved to have done this, uh, you know, not around WrestleMania time. But, um... Like, like I said, man, I think it's a little too early to anticipate. Well, when's WrestleMania? WrestleMania, I believe, is the second weekend of April. Oh, it's actually a lot closer than I thought it was. Dude, all the it's months are, sec- are merging into one month. I, I keep thinking Se- it's January. Se- second, it's March, dude. Second or third weekend, I think, of... Um, I think it's the second or third weekend of April. I'm not exactly sure off the top of my head. But, um, I mean, that's... Not to cut you off or anything, but I think I get the feeling that they'll put the title back on Drew to give him that moment of, you know, giving him that title moment in front of the fans. But I feel like Drew's title reign or reigns, if you're looking at them both as a whole, because Randy Orton had like a hot second. Um, I feel like there could be backlash towards Drew. And it's not intentional. And I think everybody, we all love Drew. And I've, I've, I think there's nobody who's a bigger Drew McIntyre fan on the entire world other than than me, how much I love the man, how much I've put him over for how many years I've been doing this podcast. But I do think there could be a, a not a huge backlash, but a small backlash because the, 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 the small majority of people who are saying Drew is getting stale, it's a very small majority. I would not be disappointed or mad or anything if they drop the title back to Drew. And I wouldn't be disappointed or mad or anything if they had Bobby keep as champion because I think you should roll with what's going on with Hot because my personal opinion, I think Drew needs to go to SmackDown. Really? Yes, because I think we need to get Drew back on Smack. We need to get Drew on SmackDown. We need to have him having matches against guys like Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, Seth Rollins, um, you know, Edge. Because Edge probably... Drew, McIn- Drew McIntyre versus Cesaro for the championship. I would purchase that pay-per-view in a heartbeat. I mean, that, that would be amazing. Uh, uh, Drew, I don't know if Drew's ever faced Ray before, but Ray, Ray Mysterio would be great. Um, put him in the ring against uh, Jey Uso, because Jey Uso's been on a roll. Drew versus Kevin Owens, uh, Sami Zayn. You know, uh, SmackDown has a plethora of guys, and... I think that Drew's kind of... I think Drew, honestly, is just spinning his wheels on Raw. I think he's done everything he can on Raw, and I think he needs to move to SmackDown. Now, I don't know if they're going to do like a superstar shake-up or whatever the fuck they call it after Mania move people over, but I think Drew should go to SmackDown after, after Mania this year. And I think we should build to a match between Drew versus Roman at WrestleMania. Well, well not WrestleMania, but down the line, because that's a feud I want to see forever, Roman versus Drew. I have one quick question about that, and and we're getting long on this topic. And I know you got, I know you want to move forward, but sure, no problem. A lot of, a lot of people were saying last year that when they split Big E up from the New Day, that they were priming Big E for a big push that was going to culminate at this year's WrestleMania. Obviously, uh-huh. that's not obviously that's not going to happen this year. But if you throw Drew into that mix, where do you where do you think that leaves Big E? Um, well, obviously right now Biggie's the Intercontinental Champion and I think a lot of us when we saw that the rumors and everything, Biggie was actually a guy who was who was a good contender to win the Rumble. 
Um, at least I thought in the summertime, I was convinced he was going to win the Rumble and he was, gonna, he was the one to beat Roman. But obviously, they're going to go with Roman versus Edge. That's the bigger money match. Um, I think if Drew did go to SmackDown, it probably could leave Big E, maybe kind of keep him in the position he's in. But maybe you could do Big E versus Drew in a feud, you know, and help elevate Big E's stock. Because, you know, if you have Big E beat, you know, the top babyface in WWE right now, which Drew is, he's the top babyface, you could build to that and just helps raise Big E's stock. I think Drew is a guy right now where he doesn't need to be the champion all the time. I think now he could be a guy who you can just help put over other talent or help put over talent that you really want to get across, whether it be heel or babyface. I, I think, but at the same time, this is me thinking logically, and WWE doesn't like to think things logically. I think it could hurt Big E also <laughs> with how high Vince is on Drew. What, where do you think that could lead Big E? Uh, I don't know, man. I feel like it, I feel like it's too early to tell that we. I, I feel like we need to see what happens with with the belt at WrestleMania, and then we'll have a better idea of where that leaves everybody. Okay. I, I I don't feel I don't feel comfortable enough in a position to be able to make that uh to make to make that proposition without looking stupid later. That's true because we are just speaking hypothetically because Drew could probably very well just stay on Raw after WrestleMania. There there may be no plans to shake up the roster and move people around even though I think that's a good idea to move different people to different brands after WrestleMania because you're restarting your calendar year, your storylines <laughs> after WrestleMania and you're building to the next WrestleMania. So I think it's smart to move people from Raw to SmackDown and have them do new things. Because uh, to be honest, I just I don't want to see any more matches with, Drew, with people on Raw with Drew other than maybe Bobby Lashley. And that's why I think it'd be best if he just goes to SmackDown because the writing's better there, the booking is better there, it makes more sense, it's more of an enjoyable show to watch, and that's why I think he'll thrive over there, and I think he can really help a lot of guys, like, cause, cause sign me, like you said, sign me up for Drew versus Cesaro, just give me an entire year of that like, like uh, could you imagine if like Drew tries and hits a, a Claymore kick, Cesaro catches him in mid midair and puts him in a sharpshooter Oh, God, that'd be amazing. Or, better yet, he catches him midair with a Claymore kick and then starts to swing him around. Oh, Jesus, I'm getting excited over a match that probably won't happen for a long time. CJ, CJ, you're doing that thing where you're getting my hopes up again, and you and I both know that <laughs> we're going to be dashed and disappointed by Vince McMahon. Oh, so. yeah, we are. We are. So let's let's try and move on. Um, so uh, I guess real quickly, we'll move on to the next thing. We'll, we'll stick a little bit with WWE. Um... The, we've talked about this very briefly, but we are getting uh, two of the Royal Rumble winners of Bianca Belair and Edge have chosen their WrestleMania opponents. Edge had speared Roman Reigns after he beat Daniel Bryan at the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Um, Michael Cole, I think to this day, is still not convinced that we're getting Edge versus Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. He doesn't think a spear <laughs> to Roman Reigns is clear after Roman had speared Edge on SmackDown at the Go Home Show. Um, we're getting that. And then we're also getting Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks, which apparently people on the internet think she can't point to a WrestleMania sign. I mean, she did, guys. It was just a split second when she wasn't pointing to it, and then she got pyro. Come on. Um, first, uh, your th- Nate, what are your thoughts on Roman versus Edge? I mean, it makes sense to have them, you know, be the final match. I knew, uh, I knew Edge was going to choose Roman because Edge, as soon as he 
as soon as he came back into the fray, he's ultra, 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 ultra baby face. And right now, Roman's, uh, I'd say, the best heel on SmackDown right now. So that was just, that was a match made in heaven. They're both similar looking guys. They have similar builds. They have a, a similar moveset. I think that's fighting fire with fire. And I think that'll be a great match. I don't I don't think Edge versus McIntyre was really the, the right move. So I'm all right with that. Um, You know, when Edge won the rubble, the rubble, the rubble, the rubble, uh, when he won the <laughs> rumble, uh, I, I was I was down on it. I was like, eh, for like five minutes, and then you know it was like, you know, we're still without fans. We're still without you know any sort of huge pop from a crowd. Edge is going to sell a pay per view. Edge is going to sell, oh yeah, you know, merchandise. He's gonna see. He's gonna sell this match, which is what exactly what Vince McMahon wants. So it it makes all the sense in the world to have this prob- probably go on last. Yeah, that's my whole thing, is that I'm actually really excited about Edge versus Roman Reigns, and Edge has said, like, you know, Roman's a guy who he's won face for a long, long time, even when he was retired, and there was, like, no chance of him coming back, but I think that Edge versus Roman is, is a good call, um, for a few reasons. One, um, you can... They really hit home when Edge cut that promo. He's like, when I had to retire, I had to give up the world championship, I have never lost the world championship, and I want to become world champion again. I want to win the championship I never lost. Now, he technically can't really do that because he was the world heavyweight champion, but the point is clear. Edge wants to become world champion, and that should be the thing of any wrestler's mindset. You should want to be the world champion when you come to wrestling. It doesn't matter who you are, whether you're top or middle or bottom of the card. You should want to be the world heavyweight champion. Excuse me. Now, um... uh, I kind of, I wasn't down when Edge won, won the Rumble, but I was like, okay, cool. Like, I mean, him coming in at like what number one or two and winning the whole thing, um, I think it was a thing of like we got Edge to come back, but we had him face Randy Orton forever. Now is the start for Edge to see guys who we want to face, in the, like Roman Reigns and Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, Seth Rollins. Like for me, Edge versus Seth Rollins is my biggest Edge dream match. I want to see that match. I want to see them feud. Um, it's still no telling who's going to win, Edge or Roman at Mania. It's still pretty early to tell. Um, but I think that's the right move. And some people may think, even my buddy Joe, he's like, well, it's another part-timer going after the championship. I'm like, well, here's the thing. It's not an overexposed part-timer going after the championship. I think a lot of people were displeased with Brock Lesnar's Universal Champion because he was never around and he held the championship for so long. Would you agree, Nate? Yeah, plus the difference between a quote-unquote part-timer. It's not like he was wrestling part-time and then going to do movies or going to do MMA. The dude was hurt for nine years. He never really stopped. I mean, I mean, he might have done, like, one movie, like, nobody's heard of here and there, but he's... Well, he, he was acting. consider him a part-timer. I mean, I, again, he wasn't, he wasn't, you know, Rock the Dwayne Dwayneson or freaking... <laughs> uh, John you know, Cena. Brock Lesnar with all these, uh, with the Jimmy John shorts. I just call him Jimmy John shorts now. He was, you know, people <laughs> see him as a wrestler. They don't see him as a movie star or a, quote, part-timer. He's Edge. So I don't I don't have a problem with that at all. And I, I think so, too. It goes to the point where, like, Brock would, like, the thing is, Brock wasn't doing anything else. He could wrestle if he wanted to, but he didn't. But at the same time, when you look, when you put yourself in Brock Lesnar's shoes, if they're offering you all this money and they don't, either they they're saying oh no you don't have to come in as a full-time guy or it's like 
you want me, these are the dates I work. This is how this these are the days I work. This is how many days of the year I work. I'm like, all right, Brock, here you go. So to be in that power, more power to the guy. You know, he's smart. He knows what he's doing. And when he wants to go, he can fucking go. And that's something people forget about Brock. So he's a great, great fucking wrestler. Just look at the matches he's had with like Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles and just to name a few. And the triple threat he had with Cena and Rollins a few years back. But with Edge, it's a story of, the again, the guy was gone for almost 10 years, not wrestling, and he was in the prime of his career, and he had to give it up. Now he's back, he looks in tremendous shape, and I think it just depends on the part-timer as to who it is. It shouldn't just be, oh, part-timer. Shouldn't. It, it depends on the part-timer and who the part-timer is. Moving on, though, we got Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, what are your thoughts on this match? I mean, honestly, I don't have a ton of complaints here. I mean, this makes sense. It was, it was between, you know, Sasha Banks and Asuka. And I think it's a sort of a similar situation to Edge and Roman, where they're a similar size, they're a similar build, similar moveset, and they've got and they've got a similar amount of charisma, I'll say. But, you know, Belair is a huge draw. You know, obviously not as big as Sasha Banks, but if I, I could see... When they did the Women's Royal Rumble, I, I said, okay, it's either going to be Bianca Belair... Or Rhea Ripley. And when Bianca Belair won, I was like, all right, this makes sense. I don't, but I could, whereas I could see Rhea Ripley and Asuka possibly having a match, I couldn't see the same position with uh, Bianca Belair. So when Bianca Belair won, I was like, all right, Sasha Banks makes sense. That's what's going to happen. I think it's going to be a great match. Uh, I would, I would put this, I, I would put this honestly between the two men's championship matches. You want to say, you want to say like Drew. Like hypothetically, Drew versus Lashley, then Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair, then Edge versus Roman. I think those are your final three WrestleMania matches. Well, I think. Well, here's the other thing that you might be forgetting is that Mania is going to be two nights this year. So I've seen some th- people on Twitter say the Royal Rumble winners should main event the respective WrestleMania night one and two. Like night one, you could have Sasha versus Bianca. Night two, you could have Edge versus Roman. And I think that makes a lot of sense. I I mean I would love to do that. Also. Real quickly, um, Bianca Belair is much bigger than Sasha Banks, <laughs> but I understand your overall point though. They have very similar characteristics. They have very similar uh, uh, in-ring style. Banks may be a little bit quicker than Bianca, but they're very, very similar. Um, me personally, I was hoping for Rhea Ripley to win the Royal Rumble and have her face Charlotte and get a win back uh, with Charlotte eventually winning the Royal Rumble's championship. Um, I guess the final point here is um, I do want to talk about Rhea Ripley for a little bit, though. Wait, can I can I call can I call a timeout real quick? Sure. Is Asuka not the Raw Women's Champion right now? She is. You'd forget about okay. it though. <laughs> you okay? Because when you mentioned Charlotte Flair winning the championships, I was like, oh god, did Charlotte win it? And I just no, completely forgot. No, Nate is okay. uh, Nate's been a he's had to do some catching up for this podcast, but I appreciate what he's doing. Um, no. Charlotte is not the Raw Women's Champion. She very well could be very soon. Uh, but I think two weeks ago on Raw, uh, Charlotte and Asuka were having a, t- a tag match against Shayna and Nia, and where Shayna actually like hit Asuka in the face where one of her teeth came out. Um, there's a video out there that kind of breaks kayfabe a bit. Like right after it happens, Shayna actually like gets down on her knee and like tries to put Asuka in a hold or something just to see if Asuka's okay. Um, but the other thing is, is that Asuka has been forgotten about as the Raw Women's Champion. Like you said, 
you're like, wait, did Charlotte win the championship? I mean, if someone wasn't watching wrestling for like a few weeks but had been following recently, you could believe that, oh, Charlotte beat her. Because the following week, Charlotte says that Asuka's my friend. I hope she's okay. That's why I think I should face her at WrestleMania for the Raw Women's Championship. I'm like, girl, no. <laughs> girl, no. But I think we have the, we have to thank Lacey Evans' husband, Ric Flair, for getting her pregnant. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> Lacey Evans' real husband, uh, whoever that man is, and this unborn, beautiful child for saving us from a feud that I think would have culminated with Lacey Evans beating Oscar for the Raw Women's Championship and Charlotte defeating Lacey for the championship just so you can have one more title for Flair as a babyface. What should happen is that Charlotte, I think, should beat Oscar for the Raw Women's Championship. And I think we should be getting Charlotte versus Rhea in a singles match where Rhea gets her win back and, and you know, becomes the new top female babyface on Raw. Now, we might not get that. Another idea is, is Triple Threat versus Charlotte versus Rhea versus Asuka, which I love. Um, but I'm worried for Rhea Ripley on Raw. Where do you see the trajectory for Rhea Ripley while she's now that she's on officially on the main roster, Nate? Oh, I'll say this. I really hope she doesn't fall into the same sort of pit that Shayna Baszler has found herself in. Oof. Well, I know she's the tag team champion, but, like, you, you remember it's, it's, how much it's fire Nia Jax. Shayna came out last year? Yeah, Shayna Baszler. Oh, 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 Nia Jax. Awesome. Fuck. Fucking hell. Like, dude... <laughs> NXT, NXT Shayna Baszler, like from when she won the title <clears throat> to losing it to Kyrie Sane and then winning it back, like she is arguably one of, if not the best NXT Women's Champion of all time, next to Asuka. Like when you think of the best NXT Women's Champions, how book, how well they're booked, it's Shayna and Asuka. And I think Shayna and Asuka could be a really great match in WrestleMania one day too, just a big pay per view match as well. But. I'm I'm really worried for for Rhea. I, I think I think sorry, I didn't mean to No, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I, I think and I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry, I'm gonna let you go, but I think just basically Shayna and Rhea have been terribly booked since last WrestleMania. It's been they've been horribly booked. I it's really put uh it it affected Rhea Ripley personally. I remember she talked to Lillian Garcia's podcast about it that, you know, mentally it really messed her up and, you know, she had all this confidence in the world and then the, the loss of Charlotte really, really affected her. But, uh, Rhea, you gotta start utilizing your talent better. That's that's why. I'm not worried for Bianca Belair because I think Bianca Belair is gonna flourish. I'm worried for Rhea Ripley because they just don't know what the fuck they're doing with the women's division anymore. You can say WWE has the best women's division in the world, but when they're not fully booked to their full potential, what does it matter? Like, like the roster itself is the greatest roster of wrestlers in the world, and the greatest wrestler of rosters of WWE rosters in the in its entire history. But not everybody feels important, and they should. But I feel like I'd be ranting forever for this uh, on this type of topic. What would you like to see them do with the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania this year, Nate? Well, like you mentioned before, uh, I think Asuka... Asuka and Charlotte would be a, a, a hell of a good match. I think it's a little too late in the game to have, you know, to do anything with Rhea Ripley or to have Shayna quickly lose the tag belts and then go for the for the championship. But um, I, I think what you said earlier was was pretty good. Have Charlotte win uh, against Asuka at Mania and then have Rhea 
uh, get the get the belt back at, at say SummerSlam. I think that's fair. I will have some fans back at that point, and you know that crowd is going to pop for Rhea Ripley. So I I think at this point preemptively, uh, I think that would be a good move. How I see things going, how it should go. If we're gonna do uh, Rhea versus Charlotte, which I, that's why I still think we should do Rhea versus Charlotte for the Raw Women's Championship. You want to throw Oscar in there? Okay, I still think Oscar should be. I think at the very least we should get a triple threat match: Charlotte versus Oscar versus Rhea. Uh, Rhea could pin Charlotte and get the win back that way and win the championship. Then throughout the remaining months of the summer until SummerSlam, you can get. Asuka versus Rhea Ripley and have them go at it for a few months. Maybe throw Shayna Baszler in there and, and have them revisit their old feud. And then when we get to SummerSlam, do Charlotte versus Rhea. Both of them have a win over the other. This is technically the rubber match and have Rhea go over decisively. And that puts over Rhea Ripley huge. We can fantasy book that all we want, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen. So, moving on from our hopes and dreams potentially being shattered, we're going to move on to wrestling that actually makes us happy. Yay! AEW. Most of the time. Most of the time. Most of the time. time. AEW. What a go-home show this was. What a go-home show this was. Even with- uh, brief, Very briefly, I showed my mother, who does not care about wrestling at all, the, uh, the clip of Cody... Uh, body slamming Shaq through the tables on the ground and she could not stop laughing for a solid 45 <laughs> seconds. Me either. What a table bump. Oh man. That that, fantastic. that that match was like I was expecting it to be bad. It wasn't the best, but that that bump, that spot Cody and Shaq did was so great. And then when they when they panned over to Shaq after he was like lifeless on the floor. <laughs> that Oh god, it was beautiful. I loved it. One, it was one so thing great. I'll, it, yeah, it was a dumpster fire. It was a train wreck, but I loved it. One thing I will say about that match, though, um, aside from that Shaq table bump, which was awesome, Jade Cargill, she's got a great look. She is green as all hell, but if they can cultivate her, she's gonna she's gonna be great. But they they need to work on her. But she she could be potentially very good if they work on her this year. I think that was the clear thing when I was watching this match. You know, I when they first brought her in, you know, you could tell she was very nervous in that segment with Cody, and then you know they're bringing in Shaq and all that. I think it was very clear that this was the match to build Jade Cargill because originally in this match it was supposed to be Brandy and Cody versus Jade and Shaq, and then Red Velvet comes in and she replaced Brandy, obviously because Brandy's pregnant. Um, but I could tell watching this match. This was the goal. It's like we have a lot of stock in this girl, and we think she could be a very high, a key player in the women's division in AEW. So I think they're on the right path with Jade, and I think she could be a big, big star to come. Um, going through a few other things in uh, in this show before we get into our AEW predictions, um, I do want to get into the really disappointing way they've kind of put together the this this women's tournament. What are your thoughts on this whole thing? And if you haven't watched all the matches, that's fine. I haven't either. But overall, how do you th- how do you think they booked this tournament? Uh it was definitely an interesting tra- I like the concept of having one side being the the US and one side being the Japanese. It's like it gives me a good time uh, a good opportunity to see some, you know, Japanese wrestlers I wouldn't have ordinarily seen. 
Um, I'm I'm all right with Ryu. Ryo Mizunami, she looks cool. Uh, I was I was kind of secretly hoping for Maki Ito to 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 move forward because she's just a little just ball of Japanese energy. But you know, whatever. Um, I'm not crazy about them putting Ryo in the in the American side and having her beat Serena D because I I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not the biggest Riho fan in the world. I just think <gasps> I, I'm just. I'm just not in stuff. Oh, we love sorry. Rio here. Sorry, no, you internet. can you you can have an opinion. It's okay. <laughs> sorry, internet. Uh, but I, I was very surprised when she beat Serena Deeb. I was very surprised when uh, Nyla Rose ended up being the American participant oh, in that Christ final Almighty. match. I'll get to that I in a like, second. Oh, Keep God. going. Are we? I was like, oh God, are we really gonna see Sheeta and Rose again? Um, and then Mizunami won, which is great. Uh, I'm glad to see her win, but it pretty much cements the results of the Revolution match between those two because they're not going to put the belt on Ryo Mizunami. Like, I don't think so, so either. But watch us be wrong, and Ryo Mizunami wins the championship. But I mean, wonderful if it leads to if it leads to Ryo Mizunami establishing a new Japanese faction in AEW. Let me be wrong, but I just uh, I don't see it. I my whole thing with this tournament is that they had all I, I get filming the stuff in Japan, but what they could have done to make this tournament feel a lot better, more important is if they put a lot of these matches on Dynamite. You know, the biggest criticism of AEW is their women's division. You know, if you want to change that, give the women time, let them work, uh, because I mean, the one thing they could have done cutting. To, to put in place of putting these more women's matches in this tournament, you could have cut a lot of the segments you had with Team Taz and Sting and Darby Allen. A lot of uh-huh. them were the same for several weeks until last week when we had Darby Allen come down on a on a on a harnessed and swing in, which was pretty fucking cool. But it was I, more I've got or less some the same thing about, that. about Sting and Darby Allen and the whole Team Taz um, thing. Yes. Okay. But we'll get to that. Okay, we can get to that right after this. My whole thing is, is that you, I really, I was really worried they were going to put back on Nyla. Are we really going to get Nyla versus Sheeta again? It's not that they can't have good matches. I really enjoyed their match at Double or Nothing last year, but it's just, too, it's just the more of the same. You know, I was hoping we'd see Thunder Rosa versus Sheeta because they had a great match at All Out. I was hoping we'd see like Britt Baker, like like just for God's sakes, if you listen to this podcast, which you probably don't, AEW, just put the title on Britt Baker. Like she, listen to it, Tony. She she is the one who has the most character. Who is like maybe maybe in ring you want to criticize? I mean, I don't think so. I think she's great in ring. I think she's great with her character, but. Just, oh my God! I don't understand why she's not the champion. I really don't. You know, I mean, we we haven't seen her in an AEW Women's Championship match yet. If correct me if I'm wrong, but we haven't, have we? I I don't believe we have. Give her a fucking Women's Championship match. Put the title on her for God's sakes. And then she's in the pre-show this Sunday. I'm like, dude, just fucking Britt Baker, man. Just put the strap on her. I don't know. In 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 defense of the bookers of the uh, of the Revolution show, uh, the last the last uh, AEW pay per view I watched was All Out, and if you uh, remember the infamous tooth and nail match 
between uh, her and Big Swole. Yeah, it was pretty universally reviled. It so was maybe yeah, actually it was put her great. in not a joke match and actually have her wrestle. Yeah, I would have loved to see Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. I thought I think that would have been a great match, but we can't have nice things. No, we can't. The other so that means you missed Full Gear. I did not watch Full Gear. No. Oh my god! Because full, all, full out, gear all out kind of sour me taste on AEW for a couple months. Yeah, I know. All Out was not really all that well received. It had some pretty decent matches, but. Yeah, I didn't think All Out was that great. There's, like, only a handful of matches that I liked. Like, maybe... Like, I liked the Hangman and uh, and Kenny versus FTR match, and I liked Omega versus MJF. I'm sorry, Moxie versus MJF, but other than that, it just didn't really draw me or anything. Um, but go back and watch Full Gear. Full Gear is fucking amazing. It was the best show. It, it, it's, it's the best COVID show of 2020. Okay, I was going to say, be careful what you're about to say. Oh, no. <laughs> Best show of 2020. I mm, that's that's hard. I'd probably say Revolution, it's been, dude. Well, Revol yeah, Revolution. It's between Revolution and NXT Takeover Portland. It's between okay, those. I didn't see all that. It's because well, Takeover Portland's great, but but I mean, just for having that Young Bucks Omega Page tag match is just that's <laughs> that's gonna be oh, the winner. Like you mean my favorite match of all time? My favorite match 2020. My maybe my favorite tag match. I wanted to do like a a, a top. 10 episode of my favorite matches of 2020 I didn't get to but real quickly I'll say them right now uh, Omega versus Omega and Paige versus the Bucks at Revolution uh, FTR versus the Bucks at uh, whatchamacallit uh, uh, Full Gear uh, I think Roman Reigns versus Jey Uso when the Hell in a Cell was in there uh, Kyle O'Reilly versus Finn Balor was in there uh, the, the matches I mentioned at Wrestle Kingdom, the Royal, the the men's Royal Rumble from last year, I think was my number two. But anyway, that's a pilot podcast idea that we can't do. Anyway, Nate, what, you wanted to talk about Sting and Darby Allen and Team Taz. What 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 is your what are your thoughts that you have to say? I think AEW, as much as as much as I love them, they've kind of ruined the mystique of Sting. Which bit. is they they brought him on during the winter is coming and everyone lost their shit. I did too. Brought, we're we're allowed to curse, right? You've cursed a couple times, I've, dude. Go 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 ahead. Go ahead. I've okay, got, cool, cool. I've gotten rid of the one f bomb per episode per person rule. Just go ha go crazy. All right, go for it. All right, sweet. Because they brought out Sting and it, it was great. Everyone was like, "Oh my god, Sting's gonna be this huge star in AEW." And then they bring him out again. And he talks. And like you, you kind of do from the beginning. Like, okay, they're gonna do something with Darby Allen because like they're they're similar, similar look, similar style, whatever. Sting son, it, it, Sting son, yes. <laughs> Sting is Sting is the dad. And then really starting at that New Year's Bash show, they it, it's like you mentioned that they they brought him out and they talked with Team Taz and oh, there's gonna be a huge battle. And then they bring him out again. Okay, fine. And then they bring him out again, and it's like they they've had these like weird like, uh, just like. Just nothing, just nothing promos happening. And then what, like, everything from since they announced the street fight, they just kept having these weird just promos. Tony Schiavone talking to Sting and Sting really saying nothing. And then the culmination being when... Uh, it's so stupid to think about. Freaking, the entirety of Team Taz is in the ring. And they call out Sting, ha-ha, Sting sucks. And then he comes out with the bat, without any backup... And then they're like, oh, drop the bat. Ha <laughs> ha, pussy. Uh, and then he <laughs> drops the bat and tries to do... It tries to fight all three of them. 
and then he just gets power bombed. Like what? What have you done to stick? I mean, it's cool that you know he took a, he took a bump because we I all feel like that was the way to go with his character. What did Sting gain from that? What did Team Taz gain from that? Well, Brian, yeah, the move looked cool. The power bomb looked great, but like Brian Cage looked great. Yeah, he's looked great since he came in, but like the 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 whole purpose of bringing in Sting is bringing in this big star with this huge mystique and making him feel special. And with one power bomb, you've immediately made him just another one of the guys. You know what I mean? No, I know exactly what you mean. I I agree in the sense that Sting's mystique is kind of, you know, it's it's been lost so to speak. You know, like um, he's supposed to be this big. Fi- you know, we thought we might see something with him and Cody. You know, him and Darby, but. Really, we haven't seen much of anything, and we all figured if Sting's coming to AEW, then he must be cleared to wrestle. Um, I, I think this was kind of this match was kind of to like you know, one to get Sting on this pay per view to get buy rates, two to have a tag match so that he doesn't have to do so much, and it's a you no know, DQ match, and you could throw a lot of bells and whistles in there. Um, you know, maybe we'll get Sting and Darby at double or nothing. I don't know, but I after this, I really just want to see Sting away from Team Taz as much as possible because I do agree with you the mystique has kind of gone away and, the, and, and you know what the saddest part is and maybe this is just me being cynical but it, it feels like Sting has been so embroiled in this in this feud for so long that A what are you going to do after this pay-per-view because I, I believe Darby and Allen and Sting are going to win I think they're going to win Spoiler but what is what are they going to do with Sting after the pay-per-view and does anybody care well, they're going to have to do something in the match to make people care, you know? Maybe you could do something where Darby turns heel or Sting turns heel and maybe maybe Ricky Starks and Brian Cage win or, you know, Sting and Darby Allin win and then they do something at the pay-per-view to make you want to watch Dynamite or they could, you know, have Darby and Sting in the ring and then one of them turns on the other, you know? I think they could... They should... They need to do something to keep that mystique up about Sting. I don't, I don't think Sting should turn heel. I don't think Darby should turn heel, but something needs to happen, you know? Something needs to happen where you know what? And I just and I just thought about this right now. I literally this is popping in my head. So, uh, you if you saw this week's Dynamite Nate, you remember the tag match between Jurassic Express, FTR and Tully Blanchard, right? Uh, that was probably my favorite part of the show. That was a lot of fun. That was a great match. It was funny to see, like, you know, 70 or <laughs> 65, 70-year-old Tully Blanchard taking bumps in the ring. But it was a fun match. Now, we saw that one of the quote-unquote camera guys was helping FTR win. It was Sean Spears. We hadn't seen Sean Spears in a while, and he and Tully Blanchard was his manager. We all saw them kind of throw up the four. J.J. Dillon was there, who's a very famous Four Horsemen manager. Then you see Arn Anderson out in the background, and he's scouting the scene. He's throwing up the four. Now, there was rumors months ago when Cody was the TNT champion that he was going to turn heel, and that you're going to have FTR, Sean Spears, and whoever in this Four Horsemen-esque faction. A lot of people say, well, Cody's Dusty's son. Doesn't make any sense for him. I'm like, maybe, maybe not. But Cody works better as a heel than he has a babyface, in my opinion. He cuts amazing promos as a babyface, but I think he does better character work as a heel. Cody's just, I think he's just naturally a heel. Anyway, what if on on Dynamite, or better yet, what if Cody's the one who wins the ladder match? Cody wins. And after the match between Sting and Darby Allin, 
they beat Team Taz. They come and they beat up Sting and and he beats up Sting and Darby Allen with some help from Sean Spears, from FTR, and you get that rumored AEW Four Horsemen-esque faction we've all been talking about for months and months and months. Now that I've said it, I want it to happen. Well, now that you've said it, it's not going to happen because you've just jinxed the entire concept. Hang on. This is AEW we're talking about, my friend. We're not talking about WWE. <laughs> when we fantasy book things for WWE and things we want to happen, they don't happen. AEW, though? <laughs> it will it should happen. I was saying that Ken, I've been saying before they even planted the seeds on TV that Kenny Omega should be the one to beat John Moxley for the world title, and he did, and he should turn heel in the process, and he did. You're, so, uh, you're, a, you're a soothsayer. Hurry up and tweet this so Tony Khan sees it. <laughs> okay. Sure, why not? No, but I think that... But just that idea alone, that could really intrigue people to get high on Sting again. And with that being said, I'm looking at the clock. We have been going at this for a while, so let's just get into the AEW 2021 <laughs> Revolution predictions. All right? So let's we're, do it. We're going to kick things off with the buy-in, which is Riho and Thunder Rosa versus Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Reba. Now, Tony Khan, sorry, Tony Schiavone had said on commentary that Reba is kind of suffering an injury at the moment and that if she can't compete, Britt Baker would choose her uh, her tag team partner. But who do you got in this match, Nate? Riho and Thunder Rosa or Britt Baker and Rebel? Uh, Reba? Sorry. Well, well, I was under the assumption that Reba would just... Be wrestling i didn't i was not aware of the uh the injury aspect of this but i think on on paper with you know every wrestler staying the same i think thunder rosa uh thunder rosa's team will take this but um it, it's like we said before Britt baker you know we need to do something with her maybe have this be her launching point but they're, they're not gonna have thunder rosa lose even if it's just on the buy-in i think thunder rosa and um oh god who's who's the other one Riho. Your favorite. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, my favorite five foot tall Japanese wrestler. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like they're they're two biggest stars, and uh, I and Britt Baker has you know, I think she's okay with with uh, with losing this one because it's not too important. Not too many people are gonna see it. I, I hate to call Britt Baker not important, but you know, she's I know, not gonna. It's, it's she, she's not she gonna really should win match. She really should be. I think just booked a little bit better. Um, I'm going to agree with you and say Riho and Thunder Rosa. Also because Riho had just co- has just come back recently. And Thunder Rosa, they definitely want somebody. They want to keep her strong. And I think Britt can be okay with the loss here. Um, I just hope down the line they can, you know, push her better. So I will agree with you and say Thunder Rosa and Riho. Now, let's get into this next one. This is a huge, huge friggin' casino <laughs> battle royal for the AEW for a shot of the AEW Tag Team Champions. Here we go. Bear Country with Bear Boulder and Bear Bronson, the Dark Order of Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Also the Dark Order, Evil Uno and Stu Grayson, Inner Circle of Santana and Ortiz, The Butcher and the Blade, Private Party of Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn, Top Flight, Darius Martin and Dante Martin, Death Triangle of Pac and Ray Phoenix, Varsity, uh, Varsity Blondes, Griff Garrison and Brian Pillman Jr. That's fucking Griff Garrison, to quote John Silver, versus the Seidel brothers, Matt Seidel and Mike Seidel. I didn't even know Matt Seidel had a brother until like two weeks ago. SoCal Uncensored, Frankie Kazarian and Christopher Daniels of SCU. The Natural Nightmares, Dustin Rhodes and QT Marshall. Chaos Project of Luther and, 
and Serpentico. Uh, the Gun Club, Austin and Colton Gun, and a team to be determined, to be announced. Now, Nate, of all that mess, <laughs> first, who do you think will win the match, and who do you think will be the surprise tag team? Oh, God, you sound out of breath. Oh, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> Uh, first of all, I didn't even know that many teams were going to be involved. I'm looking at this graphic right now, and I only see uh, the six teams. I didn't. Re- I didn't realize. Uh, not every. I didn't realize not every that. team was is on the graphic, but I think they threw these names on here once the other teams started to come out and brawl at the end of uh, of Dynamite. That's that's why we're seeing like Bear, uh, Bear Country and uh, you know a few of these other teams. Uh, I didn't. The Natural Nightmares as well. I'm like, <laughs> like it's. <laughs> It's weird. I'm, li- I'm looking at the Wikipedia page for this event, and it's got one line, one line, and then this casino matches the entire paragraph. I know that's that's what I'm reading right now. Anyway, uh, who, who do you think? First, first, uh, who do you think will win the match? Second, who do you think will this uh, this mystery tag team be? Oh Lord, who even knows? Uh, for th- this match is gonna be a mess. Let's be real. This oh, yeah. match is gonna be a complete a complete train wreck. It could be uh, fun be though. Fun. Yeah, it could be fun though, but uh, uh, I guess among these teams, I, it, you know, it, it's I'm thinking about who I think is going to have a good match with either the Young Bucks or uh, Chris Jericho and MJF, which I'll get to. So I don't think Santana and Ortiz is going to win. I don't think either of the Dark Order's teams are going to win based on what I'm seeing here and the momentum of um, the wrestlers leading up to this event. I'd say. The best guess would be either Death Triangle or Private Party, because of uh, what's going on with the Matt, uh, the Matt Hardy, <clears throat> the Matt Hardy uh, Hangman Page feud, or um, Pack and Ray Phoenix have been on a bunch of shows leading up to this. They both have a lot of momentum. They both are very popular with the crowd. Um, I'll just give you the one that I want to see, which is Death Triangle. And as for this. Uh, as for this mystery tag team, I think uh, I think it's going to be uh, remember remember in the early two thousands when Heidenreich and Road Warrior Animal recreated the uh, the Road Warriors. I think they're going to come out as a surprise guest. Are you serious with Heidenreich? <laughs> yeah, you didn't. Oh, you animal, didn't, you didn't, animal's dead. <laughs> yeah, you didn't expect me to pull out Heidenreich on this podcast. This is for real wrestling fans. I mean, that, um, that's not going to happen. <laughs> but no. seriously, who do you think this team will be? I, 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 I wish I could tell you. I wish I had an idea of, of... I'm trying to think of who is unannounced that could be... I mean, I guess maybe the Good Brothers? I, I'm going to be honest with you. I really I, have no I guess. I didn't even think about Gallows and Anderson. I didn't even think about... And they've been on TV every single week. Okay, so for my money, um, I'm going with Silver and Reynolds. I think um, they could have a really, really great match with uh, the team uh, that I'm gonna that I'm gonna predict in this next match we get into. I, I think just giving them a tag title shot would be a lot of fun, and you know, people love Silver and Reynolds on BTE. People love John Silver. Uh, I think it would just be fun, a lot of a lot of fun, and you know, potentially you could have the Dark Order, both Dark Order teams, be in the end and have like a big tribute to Brody Lee in inside. Um, but I think that the mystery tag team could be like G.O.D. Could be Gorillas of Destiny. You know, we're getting a lot of these Impact and New Japan guys coming in, um, or even Motor City Machine Guns. 
Oh my god, could you imagine Motor City Machine Guns versus the Young Bucks in AEW? Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm I'm going to go with G.O.D. as the team, and then I'm going to go with Silver and Reynolds as the, the winners. But good Quick shout. Question. Yeah. Are, are, the, uh, are the Briscoe brothers still in Ring of Honor? Yeah, they are. I think... You, Dude, I think Ring of Honor could very easily get involved with this whole thing too, uh, and I think they are, if I'm not mistaken. I, I don't know, man. But the, the, I wouldn't mind seeing them being this mystery tag team. Dude, Briscoes would be great too. Briscoes are fucking awesome. Um, but yeah, the, it'll be a mess. But the amount of tag teams we could see coming into this, it's endless with that mystery uh, slot. Moving on to the AEW Tag Team Title Match: The Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson versus Chris Jericho and MJF of the Inner Circle. Nate, who do you think's winning this match, and why? I think this is the the most up in the air match. I mean, outside from this mess of a tag team royale, but whatever. I could see honestly either of these teams. I could very easily see the Bucks retaining. I could very easily see Chris Jericho and MJF winning. It's all about what Sammy Guevara does, where they're leaning with him, because it's still kind of unclear what his motives are. At least in my opinion, like yeah, he left the he left the inner circle, but whatever. It it's it becomes a situation of okay. Does Sammy Guevara come up, come out, and, you know, screw over Chris Jericho and, you know, help the Young Bucks retain? And that leads to something between MJF and Sammy Guevara or have them win and then uh, Chris Jericho being Chris Jericho and MJF and have them run with the titles for a while, keep the inner circle alive for a while. And then because everybody knows, you know, with this with this pairing, everybody knows Chris Jericho and MJF want to have a match at some point. I don't think it's going to come soon, and I think... Well, they did. It, of, they, they did it full gear. That's how MJF got in the in the inner circle in the first place. But I know what you're trying to say, meaning yeah. like a feud with Chris Jericho and MJF. Yeah, like. that, that that is what I meant. And I did forget about that match. I apologize. But no, like, okay. it, it's... It, it comes down to Sammy Guevara, dude. And I think... I think Sammy Guevara is, is going to... Um, I think he's going to come out and interfere, and I think he's going to help the Young Bucks retain. I'm not so sure about Sammy Guevara coming in and helping the Young Bucks, or at least, at the very least, stopping Jericho and MJF. He could, he very well could, but I have I have the Young Bucks here to retain. I think this is more of an easier match. That's why I think Reynolds and Silver are winning the tag battle royal because I think they'll have like a fun dynamite match, a, a match on dynamite with the Young Bucks, the tag titles. Um, I think we'll probably go with that, and also. It could build more dissension in the inner circle um, with their breakup storyline. You know, another factor we didn't think about the tag thing is like, what if Santana and Ortiz won the thing, and then you know, MJ and if MJF and Chris Jericho lose, like, oh well, we're the official tag team, so we'll take that shot. I'm like, nah, man, nah, fam, we won this tag title shot. Anyway, moving on. Next, we there's have... a lot of there's a lot of moving parts with with that with that uh, with that match right there. I think it could go a lot of ways, but I think you and I both agree that the Young Bucks are going to retain. Yeah, regardless of Guevara getting involved or not, I think the Bucks are retaining here. Next, we are going to go with let's see here. We have your favorite match coming up here, Nate. Team Taz of Brian Cage and Ricky Starks versus Darby Allen and Sting in a street fight. Now, who do you think is winning this match? You already told us who was winning this match, so go ahead and just say it again. I mean, I mean, like you said, we touched on basically everything, all the complaints and compliments we had for this entire three-month-long feud. But uh, Darby Allen and Sting are gonna—the father-son combo of Darby Allen and Sting—are gonna—are gonna take it home for uh, for Team Taz and ho- uh, sorry, not Team Taz against Team Taz. And I really hope that um, 
Team Taz goes in a different direction. Maybe they take a break. Maybe they split up. Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. Because as much as I like them, they're just they're kind of doing it's, nothing. It's, it's overexposure, and that's what kind of makes people less yeah. interesting. And I like all these guys. I like Will Hobbs, Brian Cage, and uh, Ricky Starks. I think Ricky Starks is going to have a great 2021 leading into this year. And having Taz as their manager is great because I think Taz is a very underrated talker. Um, but I also agree, Darby Allen Sting, and we need something to shake it up for them to be, uh, you know. To, be, to, to make Sting feel special again. Maybe Sting goes away for a little while. Who knows? Okay, next, for the AEW Women's Championship, Hikaru Shida, the champion, defending against Ryu Mizunami. Um, this is a pretty simple answer, and I'm going to go first this time. I think Shida's going to be retaining, and this will probably just be a great uh, match to highlight Mizunami. Nate, what about you? Took the words right out of my mouth. I think, I think this has been great exposure, uh, they could have done it a little bit better, but they, this has been great exposure for some of those lesser-known Japanese women's promotions. But uh, you know, I would have much rather had uh, you know Thunder Rosa or Britt Baker or Serena Deeb in this position. But yeah. you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. I believe they'll have a good match, but uh, she did it pertain pretty pretty easy here. Yeah. Okay. Next up, we have. Big, the big money match, Matt Hardy versus Hangman, uh, Hangman Adam Page. The winner receives the loser's 2021 first quarter earnings. Who do you think is going to win this one, Nate? I think this feud is silly. I think It's silly, think it's dir- silly but it's I fun. think the... Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I think the direction they went with Matt Hardy was... I'll say odd, to say the least. It's not... It's, you know, I don't hate it, but I, I think Adam Page gets a win here. He gets... Yeah. He I gets the, the first quarter earnings and this uh, this boost in revenue, quote unquote. I can't believe I'm saying that. Uh, <laughs> like leads him, propels him into uh, maybe maybe the title picture, maybe. Maybe or maybe even like after this, he finally joins Dark Order. Who knows? Because I also have Hangman Page. Uh, next, going to kind of get through the rest of these. Next, we have Miro and Kip Sabian with, uh, versus the best friends, Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. Um, not much to say about this one, but I think Kip Sabian and Miro are taking this one because after the promo Miro, backstage promo Miro cut, I think he's finally going to be starting taking seriously, and he's going to be a monster. Uh, and I think this feud just needs to end. This is another thing that's just kind of just like you know, it's not much has happened with this. What about you? What about you, Nate? I, I think that Miro and Kip Sabian need to absolutely split up because Miro is this huge beast and Kip Sabian is just this uh, it's just this little prick that I, I, I've never, uh, Kip Sabian is another one that I've never really been the biggest fan of and the, the idea that Miro and Kip are like these buddy buddy like it's just so whatever to me and this feud with the best friends has been you know whatever. Uh, you know what would be great even though I think Trent is still injured you know best friends are on the ropes and then Trent comes out and helps out, but it's still not quite enough. But they do the hug in the ring that everybody loves, and Orange Cassidy, and they get the and they get the photo. Um, but again, wishful thinking. I think I think Miro and Kip Sabian take this. Okay. Hopefully, hopefully, mostly Miro, mostly Miro. Yeah, and just Kip just Sabian just. I think Miro needs to move on and start being a monster again because he was cutting a promo in Bulgarian in on on Dynamite on Wednesday, and it was great. I just want to see like, I want to see the Rusev from WWE that. The, the monster we saw when he first came in. And next up, we have the face of the Revolution ladder match. Winner gets a future TNT championship match. Cody Rhodes versus Scorpio Sky versus Penta El Cerro Miedo, better known as Pentagon Jr., versus Lance Archer versus Max Caster versus 
someone again to be announced. Now, Paul White had mentioned that there is this Hall of Fame-worthy person that is coming into, coming into AEW. Um, we don't know if this is that person. Um, it could be an Impact wrestler. It could be a New Japan pro wrestler. Um, but, Nate, who do you think is going to win this match? I think you and I are going to disagree on this one, uh, mainly because of stuff you've already speculated, but I'm actually going with Lance Archer here. That's it, a good it's show. Been, it's been a while since he's he's had anything big. He's had little you know little feuds with Moxley and little a little feud with uh, Eddie Kingston that I actually really enjoyed. But I, I think it's time to um, I think it's finally time for Lance Archer to get some hardware. I'm gonna go with uh, Cody. I'm not really sure about the other guys. I I think now that I had had this little premonition, this vision of what I'm seeing of, of this <laughs> four horsemen s faction, I want it to happen now. So I'm going with Cody Rhodes. Um, and then I think we got through all of them. Oh, uh, I guess who who do we think this last person's going to be? Do you have a guess? If not, it's not a big deal. I really don't have a guess. I mean it. I want it to be Punk. I know it's not going to be. It's punk, not going to be, be really CM cool Punk. <laughs> If, if it could be Punk, I mean, I don't know. It'd be cool. I don't, I don't know. know, man. I don't know, I don't know man. I don't know. Um, I think it could be someone like um, I don't know, Rich, Rich Swan, maybe. Chris Bay. Um, Jay Lethal. Jay Lethal, yeah. It could be. Jay, Jay Lethal's a good one, too. Um, I'm not really sure, to be honest. I'm not really there, sure. There's really, there's really not even a hint or a, a whiff of a guess you could even make. No. I mean, you could try and run down the the uh, the Impact or New Japan locker room and just pick take somebody from there and just say, oh, yeah, this is going to be the person. But um, anyway. Run, run, down, run down the WWE most recently released list. <laughs> okay. And finally, the main event, uh, which is probably the match I'm most looking forward to is an exploding barbed wire death match for the AEW World Championship. Kenny Omega, the champion, with Don Callis in his quarter, defending against the former champion, John Moxley, who walks as out as the champion, Nate, and why? Well, before I give my prediction, I want to say, I'm as much as an exploding barbed wire death match sounds like a good time, I was kind of hoping this would just be a regular singles match. Mainly because we both know Omega and Moxley can both work. And Kenny Omega, to me, hasn't really had that five-star, six-star singles match yet. The closest thing I can think of is that 60-minute Iron Man match with with Pac. Mm -hmm. I think that was his best straight-up singles match. And leading up with this feud, it was kind of evident that Omega and Moxley were going to have a match. I was like, all right. This is it. This is gonna be. This is gonna be the the legendary AEW Omega match. And then he announces that it's gonna be an exploding barbed wire match, which I know is a callback to everything Moxley did at CZW. And I'm like, all right, that's fine, but I I just wish it could have been a little more a little more technical and a little less flashy. That being said, everybody knows John Moxley's wife is pregnant. He wants to take a break to be with her, and he's gonna go out in a blaze of glory. But I really feel like there's no way John Moxley can beat Kenny Omega right now. I think Kenny Omega retains. Yeah, I have to agree. Kenny Omega to retain here. And I think this is where you start building the story of eventually down the line of where Hangman Page takes that title off of, uh, you know, Kenny Omega. 
But yeah, those are our predictions for AEW Revolution this coming Sunday. Thank you guys all so much for listening to this episode despite this shitty audio. You're probably going to hear some buzzing. Maybe you'll be hearing my breathing because that's the problem I have with this fucking headset, but going to have to get a new mic by the time this episode, uh, the next episode airs. Uh, Nate, thank you so much for uh, coming on. Uh, if you want people to follow you, you know, why don't you plug all that shit? Um, well, thank you. It's always a pleasure. Happy to be on. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Nate Almeida. And uh, follow me on Letterbox at Nate underscore Omeda. I post movie opinions on there. So yeah, I've been really into I've been really into Letterbox recently. Oh, I never I don't even know what Letterbox is. Damn, nobody does. But follow them there. <laughs> uh, follow okay. me there. You can follow uh, us here at the podcast on TNAWT. T-N-A-W-P on Twitter. Uh, the Nine of the Wrestling Podcast on Instagram and Facebook as well. Uh, you can follow me at CJ underscore 1214 on Twitter and CJ underscore 1293 on Instagram. Uh, thank you guys all so much for listening. Please share this with all your friends and all your wrestling friends who like this. Share this with people who don't like wrestling. I don't care. Just have people listen to it. Uh, you can be listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm, uh, Google Play, Podbean, wherever get you get your fine podcast formats, wherever you listen listen to podcasts uh what is going to be your most favorite match you're going to be seeing at AEW revolution this uh this sunday uh, i got some polls out there what'd you think AEW was better this week or was nxt better this week what do you think is who do you think this mystery uh this mystery hall of famer is is it going to be someone like kurt angle or cm punk probably not or a bully ray who knows who could it be thank you guys all so much for listening hope you're all doing well staying safe for cj palmasano and my good buddy nate almeida a.k.a. John Silver's brother. (laughs) Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Goodbye.